When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday, December 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, eventually at some point today, we're going to get to hear from uh, the newest guardian, uh, Josh Bell. We're scheduled to have uh, press availability with Bell. Uh, talk to him as the guardians are ready to uh, announce his signing officially. Uh, and that means uh, things must have gone well when he went for his physical. Yeah, Joe. I mean, uh, they wouldn't have, uh, you know, dropped that uh, that that all alert to the media and if he, if he failed the physical for sure. So that's good news. Uh, you know, Josh Bell. We've been talking about this guy, switch hitter, power hitter. Um, can, it should fit in well with uh, the Guardians lineup. And now they've they've got to add a catcher, Joe. They they need they need they want one way or the other. They've got to they've got to get somebody that's going to catch the baseball here and run this staff. Come on, Paul. It's it's trusting in Tito. Tito said, "Hey, come opening day, we're going to have somebody behind the plate to catch the ball." And uh, uh, you can't uh, you can't argue. I, I think that uh, they're going to do that. They'll have somebody in the position, uh, whether it's Sean Murphy from the Oakland Athletics, their top target, or somebody uh, like a free agent in Christian Vasquez, uh, who's out there and, and sort of fielding offers. And I think he's pretty much their uh, their number two choice, uh, if that's possible. But uh, I, I get the feeling, at least, that you know they would rather uh, add, add this catcher via trade and use some of their prospect capital rather than going out and spending money and and giving a guy like a Christian Vasquez uh, a long-term contract that would that would plug things up for uh you know other prospects to, uh, such as Bo Naylor. Yeah, I think you you're exactly right, Joe. I think they would rather make a trade here, you know, and uh you know, you bring in Sean Murphy, you know, he's they, you got 3 years of control you know, kind of the perfect guy to bring up Bo Naylor. What it was twenty twenty one? You could, you know, uh, let Bo play half a year, maybe a full year at AAA this year. Bring him up either, you know, at at the All Star break or or next season. You know, break him in for with Murphy. You know, leading the way, and uh, I, I think that would be an ideal tandem. But uh, right now, um, you know, I think you know it's it's just I think it's it just seems like it's a tough tough. Uh, go to uh, make a make a deal for a catcher. You know, we we've talked about 
what Oakland is asking. You know, Toronto has some uh, a deep staff of catchers. They, you know, with Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen, uh, Moreno. Uh, so, um, you know, they've got three guys there, but I'm sure, you know, uh, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are asking for a lot as well. Yeah, it won't be. Uh, it won't. It won't be like if if they miss out on Murphy, they can just quickly pivot and and have their pick of Toronto's guys. I'm sure that uh, you know missing out on Murphy would would drive up the price of any one of those other three catchers you just mentioned from Toronto. Uh, but the the market out there, there are several teams right now that are looking for uh, catching help and and Murphy's ability to hit. Uh, he had what 18 home runs last season. He hit about 260. Uh, you know, he's still he, he's he's the the most attractive of the group. And uh, you know, as we talked about on this podcast uh, last week, uh, the price tag for him isn't. It's going to be something that hurts. It's going to be something that uh, you, you know you don't want to have to give up if you if if you weren't uh, you know already thinking about it. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this how this plays out. And and really the timetable, uh, there is no timetable. Uh, the the A's hold all the cards right now. They can they can sit on this as long as they want. I'm sure the the Guardians would like to get a, a deal done and 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 you know sealed up and and, and delivered, uh, you know before Christmas. But uh, that that doesn't always work out that way. This this could you know drag on into into January. Yeah, I think we just got to be patient and. Uh... And and wait it out, you know, one way or the other, they're going to get a catcher. They, they, you know, you've got Austin Hedges sitting out there as well. You know, it's kind of a backup plan, I would imagine. And, uh, you know, so, you know, there's, there's a, there's a bunch of catchers out there, veteran guys, you know, a bunch of former Indians catcher, Cleveland catchers, uh, you know, Roberto Perez and, uh, uh, you know, so R- R- Roberto Perez is one of them. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I don't think Roberto Perez is coming back here. I shouldn't say that, but there's a lot of guys in that vein that, you know, if, if you have to, you know, you, you're going to, you know, bring one of those guys in and, and they could be your stopgap starter. Yeah, that's uh it's a good point. Let's, uh, let's get back to Josh Bell here really quickly. And just, uh, you know, just mention. Uh, one of the reasons why the the Guardians like him so much, uh, and 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 they have their own, uh, you know, sort of takes on him and and their own information on him in terms of, you know, how he fits with the organization and and what, uh, you know, what his personality is going to be like and uh, you know whether he's a good uh, you know chemistry guy in the clubhouse. I think all those things are, are things that they uh, have signed off on. Uh, but they they like the fact that he doesn't strike out as much as a guy who has the kind of power profile that he has, uh, you know, he, he doesn't strike out a lot and, and he'll take walks and he'll get on base that way. Uh, it's actually sounds a lot like what they liked about Carlos Santana for all those years. Uh, you know, a guy who, who wouldn't strike out as much as maybe some, uh, you know, prototypical middle of the order hitters, uh, and, and a guy who, who liked to walk and liked to get on base and would get on base in a, a regular consistent banner. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good point, Joe. I had an interesting with a Hey Hoinsey question, you know, uh, over the weekend that a guy asked just just that kind of question: Are Santana and uh, and are Santana and Bell, you know, how similar of players are they? And you know, of course, you know, Santana has played a lot longer than 
than than uh, Bell. You know, I think he's what thirty six. Bell's thirty, and you know Santana has what two hundred seventy eight career home runs, or not not that many. I'm 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 sorry, how many home? But he's got you know he's he's hit a lot more home runs than than Bell. I think Bell's hit one hundred thirty in his career. Uh, you know, and Santana's hit a lot of home runs. But yeah, like. I thought the the thing that really stuck out is both of them are switch hitters, both of them play first base, and obviously, like you said, they both control the strike zone. Yeah, two hundred seventy eight career home runs for mm-hmm. Carlos Santana. So you know, not too far off. You're, you're right there. Yeah, you, you got him. Uh, but yeah, controlling that strike zone and 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 being you know not just a uh, an automatic out in the middle of that order uh, where you're swinging wildly at, at pitches, I, I think is, uh, is, is something that the, the club values and, and a, and a big reason why uh, Josh Bell uh, was a good fit. And, you know, the contract also makes Josh Bell a, a reason why he's a good fit. So I'm, I'm curious and I'm anxious to hear from him uh, later on this afternoon when he's available, uh, when they announce his signing officially uh, and, and we'll see, and we can go from there and, you know, maybe we'll, uh, maybe, I doubt very much that we'll get Chris Antonetti or, or anybody else to, to crack on, you know, where things are in terms of Sean Murphy negotiations, but, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get some sort of timeline or, you know, when they hope to be, uh, you know, wrapped up with, with this and start, you know, looking at other areas of the, uh, roster that they can, uh, you know, make improvements in, you know, are they going to look at, at adding a veteran arm in the bullpen? Are they going to, are they going to look at bringing in another right-handed bat somewhere? And what does that mean for a guy like Owen Miller? Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's other little areas, like we said, that, uh, that they still have to figure out. Yeah. You know, especially with, you know, if, okay, you've got Josh Bell switch hitter, you've got uh, Josh Naylor left-handed hitter, you know, you can switch those guys between, you know, first base and, and, and DH, but do you need another right-handed hitter? Like, um, you know, okay. So you can interchange those guys at, at first base and DH, but do you need, uh, you ha- do you hold on to Owen Miller to, to be a right-handed, uh, compliment to, uh, to uh, you know, a nailer, or do you bring in? Do you do you, you kind of look for another right-handed hitter to bring in? You know, there's going to be people out there that you can bring to camp on a minor league deal. Uh, you know, just to uh, you know, balance that platoon situation off because you know Naylor struggled so badly against uh, left-handed hitters, left-handed pitchers last year. Yeah, and and we talked to, uh, before we started recording here. Uh, we talked about how I think you know. Uh, with Bell's signing, uh, with the pursuit of Murphy or Vasquez, uh, I think that's pretty much going to be it on a major league level in terms of pursuing a free agent. I think anybody else that they would bring in to add to the roster would be on one of those like minor league deals like we've seen them do in the past, you know, come to camp, see what they've got, if they if they can catch on. Um, I, I, or like, like they did with Domingo Santana or Hanley Ramirez, uh, you know, in the past. Uh, I don't I don't really necessarily look for them to, to go out and and find a, a major league, you know, free agent and and pay him a bunch of money, uh, because that's that's just not you know the way they've operated the last couple of off seasons. Uh, you know, last year we were speculating at this time about all the names and all the guys that they could pursue, and they wound up pursuing and, and signing none of them, and, and it worked <laughs> out for them. So, uh, you know, uh, you, you want to talk about money though? We could talk about the uh, the major league bonus pool. 
and the uh, the negotiated uh, bonus pool of cash that was distributed to uh, young players from in in their I, I believe are these all pre-arbitration players or um, yeah all um, pre-arb guys so uh, this was part of the uh, one of the the big sticking points in the negotiation in the offseason for uh, the new Major League Baseball collective bargaining agreement uh, this pool of money that was distributed uh, based on performance to these uh, pre-arbitration players. Uh, Dylan Cease of the White Sox gets 2.4 million. He's the top earner out of those players. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, obviously, uh, you know, very deserving with the Astros, 2.3 million. And Alec Manoa, uh, you know, a finalist for the Cy Young, uh, 2.1 million. Uh, but the the Guardians were represented on this list. It was um, uh, Emmanuel Classe, 1.3 million in in bonus pool money. Uh, the seventh highest out of any player on that list. And right behind him, number eight with 1.3 million, uh, Andres Jimenez. Uh, so they they gave out uh, this this money. They distributed it uh, based on their performances in MVP and Cy Young voting, uh, based on uh, the Rookie of the Year voting, and uh, the All-MLB team. And that's where uh, Class A and um Jimenez sort of cashed in uh class a got a, a million dollars for being on the first or on the I'm sorry um yeah a million dollars for being first team uh, all MLB yeah just uh I think this is a good plan Joe this is a good part of the new basic agreement the players and, and rightfully so I thought you know with uh, rosters getting younger and younger uh, teams you know playing their younger players earlier you know the younger players we're, we're are still under basically still under control f- for you know the first three years of their uh, career before you know you, you need uh, you know th- at least three full seasons to be eligible for arbitration and so this way you know if you have a you know a, a player like a uh, like like a Jimenez or a cl- class A that really perform well right out of the gate. You know they're they're not they're not making minimum salary. They've got a chance to uh, you know add to their uh, add to their uh, you know add to their uh, <laughs> add to their paycheck and uh, you know deservedly so. Yeah, uh, the thing that sort of bothers me about it is how it relies on uh, the All MLB team uh, positioning and how that the All MLB team has a component in there that's decided by fan vote. Uh, you know, I, I don't think using a popularity contest uh, necessarily should be what determines, uh, you know, who gets paid uh, the most. I, you know, I get it. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is going to win that, uh, you know, popularity vote because he's 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 the the lovable, you know, new the the wonder kid uh, out there in uh, uh, in Seattle. But you know, a, a guy like a Stephen Kwan, you know, was was right there in terms of matching him uh, performance wise or, or very close behind him. And and Stephen Kwan misses out uh, because only the top two spots in the rookie of the year voting uh, get paid. Uh, he didn't earn any extra money in that uh, based on his performance. And, and you know, th- this is a guy who, who won uh, a fielding Bible award and a gold glove and you know, he only got about five hundred thousand uh, dollars extra in that bonus pool uh, based on on his performance. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was weird that the cutoff date w- 
cutoff uh, line would be the first, you know, first and second place in a rookie of the year balloting, not and not the third place guy. And you know, I thought, especially in this what this last year's or last season's rookie class was really talented. It was, you know, there was a lot of guys deserving of that. But five hundred grand is five hundred grand, Joe. I think uh, I don't think Quan's going to turn that down. That's a l- nice little Christmas bonus. Him and Tristan McKenzie kind of got that. So uh, you know, you can uh, you can that could go a long way to buy some Christmas presents. Well, one of the reasons why Quan uh, was so successful and and was was able to put up the numbers that he did, uh, I don't know if we uh, you pointed out uh, a tweet that you saw from uh, Codify Baseball, and this was something that came out. Uh, uh, yesterday, uh, they they posted uh, a list of uh, Major League Baseball players this season against um, uh, Major League Baseball left-handed hitters, um, and and the number of outside of the zone pitches that were called strikes against them. Meaning, this was a pitch that Stephen Kwan took. He laid off. He knew it was out of the zone, and yet the umpire still called it a strike. Uh, it's usually one of those ones that's on the outside corner, uh, off the plate, away, and and Quan took it. Uh, you know they they showed a bunch of video examples. Well, apparently Stephen Quan uh, was victimized in this way sixty times this season. Uh, the next closest left-handed batter in Major League Baseball was Anthony Rizzo with forty-one. So Stephen Quan had the most called strikes against him on pitches that were out of the zone that he took. And, you know, it's sort of like, hey, I know this is off the plate. I know it's out of the zone. And the umpire calls it a strike anyways. Uh, the numbers show that that Stephen Kwan's uh, command and control of the strike zone is elite. And, and this is one of the reasons why this kid should get paid. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Joe. And you explained that a lot better than I could have. Uh, <laughs> this guy... I- some wait. Some of the other guys on this list: Anthony Rizzo, G-Man Choi, Shohei Otani, Mike Yastrzemski, Kyle Schwarber. These are guys who had monster seasons and who 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 also are are known for having good plate command. You know, the best of the best in that regard. But but go ahead. Yeah, Quan. Uh, you know, hit two two ninety eight last year. He walked more than he struck out. Sixty two walks to fifty two strikeouts. Uh, 373 on base percentage. I believe he led led the uh, uh, led the club in that among the regulars. So you know this is a guy that, despite taking those six, you know getting getting jobbed on those 60 pitches off the plate, still you know controlled the strike zone like you at an elite level, like you were saying. Well, I'd like to to, to go back and maybe audit some of those 60 just to to see how many of them resulted in called strike threes. Because those are those are at bats that you know he should at least get some sort of compensation for. Uh, if the umpire doesn't do his job, Quan's doing his. If he gets rung up on a on a called third strike that's outside the zone that he took, I mean, yeah, it's baseball. That's the way that's the way baseball is. But still, I mean, this guy is as good as anybody in the game of recognizing where a pitch is in the strike zone and and whether or not he's going to swing. And and when he does decide to swing. He makes contact at least more than more than anybody in the game. Yeah, he had six hundred, what six hundred thirty eight plate appearances, five hundred sixty three at bats. You know that's a lot for a rookie. And uh, 
you know, just, I mean, and you think, Joe, the, the more experience he gets, the more the umpires get to know this guy, that he controls the strike zone, you know, some of those pitches are going to go his his way as well. Yeah, yeah, put that, uh, put that tweet out there a couple of times at the beginning of the season, and the umpires are going to give him that reputation, and he's going to have that when he goes up there, and, and when he takes a pitch, it's going to be a ball now, uh, you know, hopefully – uh, in the next couple of seasons, no matter what he does, it's going to be a ball. So we'll uh, we'll see how that progresses. Uh, wanted to uh, to mention uh, a, a noteworthy news item that uh, that came across uh, within the last 24 hours here. Uh, former Cleveland pitcher T.J. House. Uh, he was with the club, I believe, in 20, what, 15, 16. Um, and, you know, battled injuries. He was he was. Uh, you know, sort of all over the place, uh, up and down with the club, uh, left-handed pitcher, uh, TJ house, uh, came up, officially came out, uh, and celebrated, uh, um, the decision by Congress, uh, to pass a, a, uh, defensive marriage act, uh, that allowed him to, uh, announce that, um, he and his partner, uh, Ryan are engaged in getting married. Uh, just, uh, you know, a, a nice move by uh, T.J. House to, to come out and, and support uh, the uh, passage of this this uh, sort of uh, news by by Congress that they're they're moving forward with that. And, and uh, House is, is now comfortable to come out. He's, he becomes the uh, the third major, a former major league player to come out and uh, uh, officially announce uh, and, and confirm, uh, you know, that he was gay uh, during uh, his, his playing time, uh, and you know, I gotta applaud him for his his courage in that regard. Yeah, definitely, Joe. He was you know pretty high draft pick by Cleveland. Uh, they they signed him for a lot of money. I think an over the over the slot kind of guy. Um, you know that they you know, over the slot signing bonus, and um, you know he eventually got to the big leagues. You know when you look back now. You know he's he kind of pops up like as one of when was the last uh, time uh, the Guardians had you know a, a left-hander that was kind of taking a regular turn in in, in the starting rotation and, and TJ's name always comes up there but you know he he was a good pitcher and uh, kind of got hurt had battled some injury problems I think he ended up uh, pitching with Toronto uh, but good guy and uh, you got to give him you know props for uh, you know the courage to come out and uh, you know kind of stand up for, for, uh, you know, same sex marriage. Yeah. It's, uh, it, the respect for marriage act that was, uh, passed by Congress, uh, it, you know, it protects, uh, benefits and, and, you know, it, it makes uh, marriage equality, uh, you know, it sort of reinforces marriage equality, uh, in the country. And, and that's great. Uh, his quote, uh, I'm finally healing and days like today are what helped me to continue to grow into the person I've been all along, one I've locked up for 20 years plus. Uh, today I am loved. So that's uh, you know just a great message from from TJ House and and I, I I came on the beat you know pretty much shortly after or around the time when he was uh, you know not with the club. So I I didn't get to see him uh, interacting with his teammates or or really get to know him very well. But uh, you know it's still a you know a very positive message that's that's being sent here. Uh, that T.J. That House is, is able to be himself uh, now and, and move forward. Definitely, Joe. It's, uh, 
I mean, yeah, you know, it takes, you know, we, we all got to get along in this world, you know, and uh, the more people realize that, I think the better, the better things will be. All right, Hoinsey, we're going to wrap it up uh, for today's show, uh, but we will be back on Wednesday uh, following up on the Josh Bell announcement that should be coming down here uh, very shortly. Uh, we'll we'll talk to Josh and and come back to you with uh, with what we learned uh, about the the newest Cleveland Guardian here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. <laughs>